welcome to decoded by thredo a podcast series where i interview founders support leaders and community builders and decode how to do exceptional customer community support at the intersection of ai this podcast is presented by thredo ai an ai powered support copilot that delivers lightning fast support leaving your customers delighted create your own custom ai bot that is trained on your knowledge base customer conversations help docs pdfs urls you name it and deploy it as an embed on your website or add it on slack discord where your customers can interact and get instant answers thredo ai is not just a tool but it is a paradigm shift of how support can be efficient responsive and personalized try it today at thredo.ai now let's get back to this episode and discover the unconventional methods to do great customer community support hello hello folks welcome to yet another episode of uh, our podcast by the way i think we just have to like you know uh, bring things to light we are changing few things at thredo and one of the initiatives or one of the main initiatives for us is the podcast and starting from this episode we are dropping community from community decoded and we're calling the podcast as decoded by thredo we're excited we're pumped we're expanding uh, we're expanding to other horizons like support leaders how people think about support how founders do support customer support community support you name it and our our ai product is actually the reason why we're actually like kind of expanding and we're excited and today i have an amazing guest to kick things off with this new a uh, fresh flavor that we are like adapting uh, without further ado max speed welcome to the show how are you feeling yeah thank you so much for having me it's really exciting to be on the the first guest of this new transition um i know good. yeah i'm excited to bring you uh and like chat about all things since you have like a you know amazing grip on uh customer support uh for for folks who doesn't know max speed you know let me get, give you guys like a brief intro Max Speed is is an amazing community builder first of all let me tell you that he he worked previously at uh as a senior community lead and customer success lead at Superhigh and he's he's an advisor at Talkbase he's a mentor at ADP list uh and he's done a bunch of things community wise and he's he's launched a side project for uh forgot the name side project for people who actually lost jobs uh, that, that yeah 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 it's called hire community. Yeah, there you go. And I love that initiative because I think, you know, these days, you know, community is like uh, affected by it's like the in the front line, you know, affected uh things in department. But yeah, all things aside, I'm excited to dive a little deep into Max's brain about how he did community support and a lot of other things uh community wise but also same time support wise so without like you know right off the bat max tell me about super high's community in the first place so talk to me about the whole uh, how it started how you played a role uh, i know you played a, you played multiple roles which i want to like mm-hmm. also talk about but you know uh, i'll let you talk about like you know couple of things that that really uh, stood out when you were at uh, super high Yeah so um 
super high started i think in 2016 17 um it's an online education platform so the community is attached to the platform so students who have gone through courses or taking courses can join the online community and can um learn with others in the same courses they can ask for support in the community um mm -hmm. and so my role at super high was to develop engagement programs and strategies to build retention. So keeping members around the community and to also help with support that was happening um, from our members who needed uh, support on their courses or just any issues that they were facing on the website itself. I love that. Uh, you said about, you know, it's a creator community, right? Talk to me about, uh, there are like quite a few varieties of communities uh, if you can you know if you observe mm -hmm. if, you, if you want to categorize for example there is a product community which is more user-centric uh, and there is more like hobby community where you you're a writer you invite other writers right uh, and there is this phenomenon happening pretty much everywhere like maven has its own community which is like you know mm -hmm. creator oriented course-based platform uh, i think if i'm not wrong teachable has its own thing uh, and so on and so forth. So talk to me about your experience and your uh, observations that you saw at Super High leading a creator community. And, you know, you see like a bunch of other types of communities. Is there a difference or is there like a type of uh, observation that you want to point out? Yeah, so I would say Super High is part of a blend of a product support community so people who are in the community are attached to the super high product um and half of its support where members who go there to ask for support on our courses or or any technical issues that they're facing but it's also like half community of practice as well there's a lot of channels devoted to people connecting with others in the community to upskilling their careers, to growing in their fields of choice and to find like, opportunities and to network with one another. So um, I would say sometimes like the, the journey itself is um, like, for my example, I, I went through super high courses before I joined the team. So when I mm. went through the courses, I was mainly focused on like the support section of super high, like getting help, getting support. When I kind of finished the courses that I was interested in, that's when I, was more active in the community of practice area where I was going to the career advice channel a lot. And I was going to right. talk to people um, for accountability and getting on like uh, calls with one another so we could like just chat and connect and, and look for opportunities. And so, yeah, I would say it's kind of dependent on like the member journey at that point. Mm, very interesting. So you said like multiple times uh, you were, you were very hands-on on the support side. So talk to me about like uh, the support strategy that you've built at Super High. What, did, what is it like? And if someone who wants to do that from level zero, where should they start? Yeah, so I think the big thing, one of the, like, the big values and pushes of Super High was that everyone learns together. And so that was a big focus with support is, is that we wanted to make sure a lot of support, a lot of learning was happening in the community itself where members could, yes, of course, rely on us to help and, you know, jump in and, and answer questions, but also had the opportunity for other members to, to jump in, to connect, to support one another. Um, and so really facilitating that 
environment for that to happen. So like making support channels where members could be, um, where members could ask questions and then also encouraging other people from the start to like jump in and, and answer too. Right. Like, I think that was something that like with some support areas, you feel like, uh, oh, I, I think I can answer it, but I don't want to, because I'm not sure if I'm overstepping my boundaries or what it is, mm. but at super high, it was very much like the language that we used was that everyone's helping one another. So like, if you have an answer to a student's question, go in and jump in and help and support. Like that's what we wanted mm. to do. And that's what we want to encourage. And so that's like what we really built upon our strategies is how can we continue to foster that um, supportive environment? And for those, but also too, like there are just some members that don't want to ask a question in front of thousands of other people because they just, they don't feel comfortable. And like, we also had like direct one-on-one support where they could email us into our, um, and we could, and we can help them um, through email or on our own. Um, so it's kind of giving both options, but we really want to encourage the, Hey, the community is here for a reason. Everyone wants to help and support one another. So like this, this drive that this make this make that happen. Yeah. I really like what you said. Everything, everybody learns together, right? That's a very, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, positive way of looking things. It's not like, you know, there is no hierarchy. There is no, I think uh, it feels more, uh, I would say we're all in this together type of situation. Yes. Which I think encourages community leaders, members to become leaders. So, and also I think uh, the follow-up questions I have is if you have certain culture where there is no hierarchy, anybody can help, you know, and how do you empower or motivate these active members to go an extra mile to do also support? and support like their, you know, peers, right? Uh, There is a different way of doing support, which I think is Mm -hmm. coming from top down. Like someone from super high is going to lead it. They have this ticketing system or like whatever it is, like, you know, but your approach is more, uh, I would say it involves people and there is a community angle to it. So the question is again, how did you empower the active members to become go an extra mile to do uh, all things support? Yeah, I think I think two words come to mind with that is is one acknowledging and, and two is encouraging. So one is um, some members are just going to be showing initiative and like going in support without even asking, and they're that's what they want to do. And so like when you see members like that, like message them one one to acknowledge like, Hey, thank you so much for doing that. We really appreciate it. Like, this is what we're trying to foster in the community. Like you're a perfect example of like, you know, like what we're trying to do here. And like, I just want you to continue to do that. Um, and then two for like members, you know, I think a lot of times community member community managers know a lot of strengths that our members have. Um, and so like, for example, if there were a support question that come in, I would kind of use that and message the a member who I felt like would be perfect for this and, and encourage them to go in and jump in and answer. And not not necessarily do it in a way where I'm like, hey, please go answer this, like or or like you should answer this. Like I, I was like, hey, like there's no pressure at all. I just saw this question come in. I know your experience based on X, Y, and Z. I feel like you would have a great answer for this. If you have the time, amazing. Again though, no pressure. I don't want you to feel like you have to do extra 
uh, work in this community. Um, so I think those two things over time add up a lot. It's, mm-hmm. you're, you know, when you start a support community, it's not always going to like that. Uh, the culture of everyone helping one another, it doesn't happen overnight. Like it's a constant work in progress. Um, and it's a constant, like, how can we keep fostering this? How can we keep building on this? But I think mm-hmm. those little things like acknowledging, encouraging over time, they add up. And those members who might have been shy, who didn't want to answer, get a message from a community manager and be like, oh, wow, they believe in me. I'm going to go in and jump in and do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the ones who get acknowledged for their work, I don't know about you, but like, I love positive reinforcement. And if someone's like, Hey, you're doing a great job. Like that encourages me to do even more of a, of a great job. Like I, I thrive off of that. So, um, I try to take that approach to being like, Hey, you know, it's not going to work for everyone. Um, but sometimes it's just really good to, um, acknowledge the members that are doing great work. And then you can do that too, by like surprise and delights or other things like, Hey, like, you know, you've been so active and helpful in this community um you know we're beta testing a new course and we'd love it for you to like try it first or we or we were doing this new thing and we'd love for you to like be part of that and get them more involved in that process so um yeah i think i think little things like that over time really add up i like it a lot because i think uh, like you said it's all again going back to that everybody learns together point where uh there is no hierarchy and you're basically involving them part of the game, right? Like, uh, mm-hmm. I like that a lot, encouraging and acknowledging. Uh, both of them are really clean. How do you, uh, did you handle like a case where you have to reward people? Like there are certain people there like, hey, I really love what you're doing. Let me support you. I'm not expecting anything. But there are some folks who are like, this is too much for me. I And I want to like, support but there is no reward like how do you handle that conflict in the community have you ever encountered that in the first place yeah i mean there there's definitely some members who i've tried to encourage to participate and they're just either too busy or don't um just can't commit or like maybe don't see the exact value at that point um and for those people i i i don't push them i think if they're kind of like on the fence at that moment or they're like, Hey, I'm too busy. I can't do this. Or hmm. I can't commit to anything right now. Then I kind of like to revisit that maybe in six months down the road or, or three months or whatever it is. Um, if there's another similar problem that comes up that I can bring them in. But I think for those members, like the best thing to do is like, Hey, if they're in the community. Like you kind of already explained like how they can be helpful if they, if they choose to be. Um, but you don't want to, you want, you don't want to force them into a corner or push them into something because it's just, they're going to, it's not going to be a great experience for them. Um, and so there's just going to be some members that like, Hey, are perfect fits for things, but for one reason or another, they don't, it just doesn't work, um, because of scheduling or timing, but it's always good to revisit that because I remember like there's some members that I've approached one time where they're like, Hey, it's just their busy season and they just can't commit any more time. Um, but then I do a six months check-in and they're like, Oh, like I have a lot more free time now. And then, and then you remind them of that thing again, because, um, I think it's just staying top of mind, staying in touch and eventually something will work out. Right. Do you have, uh, established, have you established any sort of system in place when you talk to these so many folks, right? Like, how do you keep it track and uh, 
have you formed like any any notion template or i'm just curious is it visible for the whole company at super high like you know what are the systems that people should establish or even like you know take consideration into when they want to like do a good uh, community support or customer support yeah so i mean at super high we used common room so i i did a lot of tagging in there i know like you can do this in, in Threado as well. And so like if you're using a, an external community CRM uh, tool is to like tag the members that you've either reached out to or who have expressed interest in helping or support it because those are the people that you can like easily go back to find and, and re-message or, or talk to again um, and just to keep in the loop of like where they're at. Um, you can do this in Notion too. I think it's maybe, you know, with Notion, it's a little bit more of a, um, takes more time to do because it's a lot more manual of a process versus using like an external tool, uh, like, uh, like Threado. But, um, yeah, I think tagging your members is going to be important. Keeping notes because even if you have a great memory of stuff, like you're just going to forget, there's going to be too many members. Yeah. There's gonna be too many instances where like something's going to come yeah. up and you're, you're going to be drawing a blank. And so taking notes, tagging your members and using that tool to refer reference. And do you have like, a goal uh, usually customer support at least this is my uh, awareness according to my knowledge the faster the better always right like have do you guys have like any sort of uh, targets that you you get because since it's you're encouraging community to respond to certain you know support queries how did you balance those kpis yeah so yeah, we, we strive to be very much on top of everything and, and get uh, the so solutions solved uh, quickly. Um, however, because we encourage community members to get involved, we don't necessarily want to be responsive within that first 30 minutes, hour, two hours. Um, mm -hmm. We look at it on a case-by-case -case basis, but I would say like everything, what, everything that we do, we aim to get responded to in 24 hours or less. Um, especially if it's an email, we'll do it a lot quicker because like it's coming to us. We're not waiting for a community to jump in. If it's in the community directly, you know, if something comes in the morning, we'll kind of wait that day to see if stuff comes in. If nothing's coming in, if we don't see any sort of like interest or anything, then we'll jump in and kind of like either uh, tag people to, to answer or we'll answer itself. Um, but yeah, we, we like to keep it within like that 24 hour, that first day, or at least 24 hour on like a Monday through Thursday, um, window. But, um, yeah, it's, we, we did recognize that like, if we want our community members to get involved in the community, we have to like pull back a little bit and not be like super quick to respond because if we're doing that, then they don't have the opportunity to, and they're just going to, mm -hmm. we're modeling the behavior of we're going to always respond right away. And so that they don't have to feel like they need to respond. And mm, it's it's it gets tricky, right? Like you mm -hmm. have to do good customer support, and but at the same time you have to like give the community a chance. Uh, I don't exactly. know how you managed, uh, but you know it's it gets tricky. I feel like uh, you're you know you're kind of like you know playing on thin ice. <laughs> yeah, point. it's it's it it's tricky. Um, it's you know, it's hard because you want to help right away. And like, you want to be like, boom, there's your answer. Uh, but I also think like you can set the tone of this, like in your 
guidelines and things like that too. Like, Hey, like we get, we, we do our best to get back to answers in a 24 hour period um, on Monday through Thursday. Right. And so like kind of set those guidelines early because, um, and then model that behavior too, where it's like, you're not answering stuff on Friday. You're not answering stuff on Saturday and Sunday because then members are going to expect that. Um, and yeah, I think it's important to, but like, it's important to be transparent with that too up, up right. front because then members are going to be like, Hey, I asked this question an hour ago. They're gonna like any update. If you don't have those kind of guidelines in place. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you have to like walk the talk, right? You basically preach, mm -hmm. you know, what you, what you say. You exactly. Know, talk, talk to me about the guidelines. Uh, I understand the expectation setting is part of it. Like these are the times, these are the days we're available and our community is going to be uh, involved as well. So I think those are all, I think are pretty clear from this conversation. What are the things uh, should founders or people who support leaders in, in that case, like who are just new to support, they should, if someone is writing a guideline for their customer support uh, or community support, where should they start apart from these, you know, obvious things, uh, which I mentioned before? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I think one, it's important to like when you're developing guidelines, like to really write out the process of how you want to receive questions or how you want members to like ask questions to help you, not only you or, you know, but other members who are answering them. Again, it, a lot of it's like you learn kind of as it grows, like, oh, like these aren't the questions that are, are great to ask. We have to like think of another way of structuring it. But um, I think, you know, for example, like with guidelines of being like, here are the channels to ask for support. Um, here is an example of like a good support question. Here's an example of something that you can like that can be improved upon because you can add more detail in. Um, here's a link to our email where you can get in touch with us directly if you don't want to respond. Um, and then in the guidelines itself too, like to talk about like how you want members to jump in and support one another. Like, what is a good support answer? What isn't a good support answer? Like what's encouraged? What isn't encouraged? Um, something that I've seen come up a lot recently is that like, and this isn't necessarily what I've seen in, in super high, but like in other communities and, and people talk about this a lot now too, is like people just copy and pasting AI answers as the support mm. answer. Um, and how a lot of communities are saying like they're, they're banning that because yeah. uh, one, there's a lot of context missing and it's not always the right answer. Um, and two, it's, it's not super helpful at, at all, at all, um, instances. So that is something that I think a lot of support people are going to have to start to navigate more is like, how can we make sure that if mem if we encourage members to support one another, how can we do it in a way where it's not just a copy paste, whatever chat GPT said, and without any like review or, or context added there. Yeah. I like that. I think, yeah, you know, you never know. I feel you just, because you want to be active. And, you know, you, you want to kind of like be in the front, uh, that mm -hmm. GPT can be like a, like a shortcut. Talk to me about that. In, that invokes another question, you know, in my head, talk to me about the moderation, you know, I know community moderation, that's a different beast. I want, I'm curious about how you do support moderation, meaning, uh, have you encountered a, you know, a situation where someone posted a frustrated, frustrating answer. Like, how do you actually like, you know, control 
people's responses and yeah how do you acknowledge them at the same time saying that hey this is not acceptable and how do you get you know put the standard yeah so i mean i think um i mean we've been pretty fortunate where like through the model and behavior through setting like good stuff in the guidelines and documentation like we haven't had a ton of that but there has been some answers where members have like either have done like a shortcut answer where it doesn't really explain anything it's just you know and then also that like uh that either they're short or not very like helpful um they're kind of putting the work back on the person who asked the question and with that stuff like honestly all what we do mostly is like before it's like a, a big issue is yeah that's that's the worst way to support right like you know you ask uh-huh. you ask you ask a question and the answer is actually invoking work to do for from the person who asked <laughs> it's like yes that's not that's not right yeah. yeah it drives it drives a lot of frustration and so but but with that like what we do is is that we you know before it's an issue it's like we'll message a person individually like hey like first of all thank you for jumping in on this like we really appreciate it uh, you have to acknowledge that they've even even if it's not like perfect they spent time to answer um and then two is like you know this while like we appreciate your support like this isn't necessarily super helpful for the member and here's why and talk about like what the reason was and going forward if you do want to continue to like support members like here's what we would recommend and maybe either draw them back to the guidelines that we drew or um how we would answer a question like from ourselves um and then just at, i mean at that point like it's like it's kind of resolved right like the member will get it or they'll um you know like we have like knock on wood there wasn't anything that like they've been like oh like oh this is messed up like i'm never you know or like that they've had to continue to do that and then we would have to like raise that issue but we do have those processes set in place like hey like you know if that happens again then like now it's an official warning um and then if that happens x amount of times then it's that discussion of like okay like there's some disconnect here um and I don't know if your participation in the community is is the best thing going forward because of this. Um and so right. again, haven't had to go there. I think it's important to set those rules early before you have to go there because otherwise you're going to be on the on the fly and you might not make the best decision. Um uh, but usually it's just like a a one-on-one message with a person letting them know that hey, acknowledging what they did, um here's what to do better, here's how we can help support that. um and then it, it usually does a trick like if members are already supporting if they might be short or whatever like sometimes they just like that's the way that they do stuff right and so you just have to kind of like be like hey like that's that's great this is how we do it in this community um so yeah it's a teaching opportunity i would say right like you 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 mm-hmm. kind of like you know uh take it from that point uh a lot of things in support feels like intuitive it's like uh it's a reaction uh what you said about this is how i react to something that's not right or this is how i acknowledge to something that you know a person who did right and this is how i kind of like empower and what not it's all like kind of reactions and responses to things uh-huh. but are there any uh battle tested like 
solid ways to do customer support have you is there a is there a theory bit <laughs> the question is more of you know where you learn something from a book or a blog and you kind of implement it is is that like a scenario in support or is it completely again gut driven intuitive driven and what not yeah i mean i would say it's it's mostly just empathy and putting yourself in the in the customer's shoes uh being like you know like really listening to what they are asking for and making sure that your answer or your support is like solving that um and yeah it's like you know we've all we've all gone to somewhere to ask for support like we've we've emailed support we've done this we've seen stuff that we don't like we've seen stuff that we do like so it's like kind of using those experiences and using that for like your own guidance of how you want to deliver support um because we all know like what good support is and right. as community people too who are doing support like we we have the we have the skill sets to do that um and so it's just kind of like leaning into that again yes i'm sure there are some books that will teach you like great foundations and, and things like that um but honestly i just took the approach of like how would i like to get support in in the community if i was asking for it and then took that approach because more likely than not other people are going to feel the same way um and yeah because people just want to be heard and supported like that's that's what it is um and and also too like i think another good tip that i've learned through the, the stuff too is like it's it's often hard, but like also try not to be taking stuff too personally. Like it's not usually about you. Someone could be coming at mm. something from as through anger or whatever, but it might just be a, um, a projection of what they're going through at that time. And so um, it's usually not about you. If it's it's it, yeah. you know, and so like I and when you are helping someone, like kind of remove that, right? Remove that like personal. Uh, bit about it because otherwise you could get angry back at them and then it's not going to solve anything right it's really not um so acknowledge what they need and just be helpful and is it gonna wow every single person no but you're more likely to like do really good support that way than um than otherwise yeah yeah no i think that advice generally applies for anybody doing anything in startups, right? Like it's not about mm -hmm. if something is going south. It's not about you. It's the either other person. And you just, I think at that point you should really deploy a lot of empathy. And uh, I call this uh, API is always assume positive intent. That way, uh, I like that. Yeah. That way you're always at peace. You know, you don't judge mm -hmm. people. You don't uh, go to go into that negative round assume that you know they're going through something and it's not about you i like that i think i just want to acknowledge that uh let's talk about the worst ways to do support you know i feel like a lot many people cover the best ways which i think you know there are various ways in your experience uh what's like the worst even meaning you're on the support team what's the worst way that you know that you saw or on the other yeah. side so you're, on the, you're, yeah. you're on the user side like this is like the worst support they did to me you know i'm looking for some information <laughs> it was not right so any any examples that you want to share yeah so i'd say like one is like 
not getting back to someone in a timely manner. Um, again, I don't think it has to be, I don't think everything has to be treated as urgent, but like you should be getting back to someone with, mm -hmm. or at least letting them know an initial message of being like, Hey, like, thank you for reaching out. This is when we'll, you'll expect a reply. Um, otherwise people are just gonna be sitting around waiting and they're going to be frustrated. And so, uh, yeah, that's, that's the bad way to do support. Um, also I've seen from my experiences, like not is, is rushing through support and not answering every single question or, or making sure you're answering every question about what a person asks, because sometimes members will come to you with like three different things and you're rushing through it that you see the first thing and you're answering that and that's it. And they're like, okay, well, what about the other two things? Um, and so I would say like, while again, support is often like, let's get through and let's, let's message people back as quickly as possible. Make sure you're like rereading the messages and like actually answering every single thing that the member needs, because otherwise that's going to take way, it's going to take way longer to like the back and forthness of it all than to spend an extra X amount of minutes to like, thoroughly like respond. Um, and, and then, yeah, I think the hmm, other parts of it are just like, again, like what I was mentioning earlier, is like putting more work on the person who asks support, like for help on, like, if it's like, Hey, like I'm having an issue, I'm having an issue with this. Like, okay, here's our, here's like a, a general help guide, but it doesn't point to anywhere where like it actually addresses my issue. Um, or you didn't even ask me if like I've read that help guide already, which is why I'm reaching out in the first place. So I think like sometimes like that stuff, like it really just creates this like frustrating loop of being like, okay, well now I'm frustrated. Um, so I think like, yeah, addressing your, addressing the people who are asking for support and it's okay to like link them to stuff, but like maybe like ask, Hey, have you, have you checked out this article yet? Mm. Um, and if not, here's a great one. And if you have like, are you still finding issues and then like kind of continue that conversation? Yeah. I, I think, yeah, you have to be really specific, uh, or else. Yeah. The other thing is, you know, people, uh, people are not that dumb, meaning mm -hmm. if they have some problem they would have done some sort of research. It's not like they're right away, they face the problem and they're right away asking this question. They should have like gone through your help docs or Google it or whatever it is like, you know, that generally, you know, encountered. And then support can be like a last resort in my opinion. Uh, but yeah, there are like cases, some people, they just, I need immediate, I don't have time to research or explore. I just need an answer. Uh, yeah, I think like you have to be very specific Let's switch gears a little bit and let's talk about a couple of things uh, which you also like kind of did very well at super high. Talk to me about uh, community migration or transition from one platform to other platform, which you did successfully. Three questions. One, uh, what are the things like, is there a checklist that community builders should like, you know, focus on number one, number two, what are the biggest mistakes people should avoid? Number two and yeah. So, uh, and what are the best practices, you know, doing the transition? Um, yeah, there's definitely a great checklist. Um, there's uh, an awesome course that, uh, Brian Oblinger just launched, uh, from the community strategy Academy. And he has a whole course on like advanced mm -hmm. migration. So 
highly recommend joining that because it's like, it'll, it'll walk you through the process of that. Um, I would say that, uh, but each, you know, migration is going to be different. Like there's, it, it depends on the platform you're on, where, you, where you're moving it from, like what the process is like. Um, I think one common mistake that people do is they don't do enough testing or do enough of like, I guess, user research or getting a soft launch going before it's like fully launched. Um, it's kind of like, okay, we're going to build this new platform. We're going to move everyone there. And, um, and it's just going to work seamlessly. It's going to, it's right. going to be fine. And it, it's never the case with tech. Like there's going to be bugs. There's going to be stuff that you've encountered. And so I, I would say like, that's a big, like, um, thing that some people might gloss over or, or even to ex expand upon that part is like making sure that QA or soft launch is built into the migration timeline is, is that like, because, um, it's always going to take longer than you thought it would, right? Like you can have a, you were like, Hey, we're going to relaunch this thing in 60 days and like, great. That's awesome. But like nothing goes accordingly to plan. And so, um, but even in those 60 days, like make sure like there's a, a week or whatever it is like that are dedicated to onboarding some people to testing things, to getting rid of the bugs to, because you don't want to go on launch day and launch migration day and then nothing works. And you're like, dang, like now our members are having a terrible experience. Um, and so I would say that that's a huge thing. It's like just making sure you have the time to test. Um, and then what else? Um, any, any best practices that come to your mind that, uh, since you did the launch at super high, the migration. Yeah. I mean, I would say like, at least for us, what worked really well was like, we spent a lot of time in the new platform and like, just got familiar with it. Right. Like none of us were experts in it. I don't think we're still consider ourselves experts in it, but like we got to know the platform and like spent time in it so we could like figure things out. And I think that that's important too. It's like, like test it, get in, get involved, get, get into it. Like, see like how you can build things. Don't just assume it's going to be similar to what you have been using before. Um, so it's definitely best practice. I would say too, is like also be very communicative with like your team and right. cross-functional with other departments and, and leadership about this migration process too, is because like, um, you know, you're going to want to let them know like the status of stuff, like where right. things are going, where there might be delays, right? Because if you're not being vocal about delays or things that you're running into, they're not going to know. And yeah. they're going to be like, Hey, like we're supposed to launch in a week. Why aren't we ready? Um, and so I think like communication is key, not only to your team, but also to like your community too. Um, let them know like when you can that, Hey, this is something that's going to be happening. Don't just drop the news on migration day being like, we're moving. Like this is happening. Like, no, let them know, like, be like, Hey, like, you know, for us at, at super high, what we did is we did, we kind of did a unique approach is we did a survey to our members hmm. before we announced that this was happening. And we, in a survey, we asked like, Hey, like, would you be open if we migrated platforms to this platform? And if so, um, you know, Mark, yes. And if not, then like, let us know your hesitations or, or things that like might, um, stray you away from migrating and we use that data to 
better build our new platform because we're like, oh, like it's maybe members thought it was going to be too noisy or that they didn't know the platform. So no, like we use that to like be like, okay, how are we going to channel? How are we going to like structure our channels? How are we going to like create onboarding videos for members? Um, so we did in a way that like we surveyed members, we got some initial like thoughts and buy-in of, of, of how they felt. We generally felt good that like most members were not hesitant of a migration. And then from that, then we did like a, an announcement post of being like, Hey, like, you know, we are moving to, from Slack to discord. This is when it's going to happen. Um, we'll keep everyone posted along the way. And then we just continue to like, uh, lay out those announcements. But I think letting your members know as early on as, as possible is, is great because yeah, again, you don't want to shock them. They're used to a platform. They're not going to want to, um, uh, they're not going to just move without any context. Um, and they're going to have to learn it too. Right. So it's like, it's showing them. Yeah. Yeah. That's where, that's where I have like a couple of follow. Yeah. First of all, I think that's really important. Communication is key. Uh, if you are not giving enough heads up to your community, you're basically like, you know, not caring enough. Uh, that's a great point. Mm -hmm. Couple of follow-up questions. One, uh, before we wrap up two questions, one is I am kind of sure that not everybody is going to migrate like from your previous community platform mm -hmm. to this platform. So how did you manage that? Like, uh, how did you do, do you have like a drip campaign that you remind them to go back and say, Hey, we moved, we would love to have you, whatever it is. I don't know. It's, you know, is there a, is there a system that you established there? Yeah. So we would, um, yeah, we knew like not everyone's going to move. Like it just wasn't possible for everyone to move. Right. And and plus too, like we just knew that there's going to be a huge drop off regardless. So like we did the initial push announcement, community, like email, all that. Um, and then we did continuing like with our messaging of new things. Um, about, hey, like this is happening. Right. Uh, we kept our old platform open, um, even though we weren't using it like to post new stuff. And then we use that platform to monitor like if members were still asking questions and if they were we would like reply back to them like hey like thank you for this question we actually just migrated to our new platform here's the link to the announcement and then here's a link to like join that platform um mm -hmm. so it's, it was a lot of that too um and slowly but surely i would say within that month period like members start to get it and like understand that this was happening but it definitely took some time and it's it's you know, I, I made a post about this, I think like yesterday, it's like, no matter how many times you announce and, and post about something, there's gonna be members that would be like, I didn't know that that was happening. <laughs> so it's just, it's just like, it's just the constant, like, you're going to constantly have to reminding people that like, Hey, this is happening. Um, you know, send out email campaigns, uh, create those announcements. Um, there's still gonna be people that don't read them, but still it's, it's, uh, it's a never ending, um, game. It's, it's always good to over communicate. <laughs> right? 100%. It's always better. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One, one last question before we wrap up. Uh, when you do the, such, such a heavy lifting on the migration piece, how do you do support? Uh, there are like two things, right? Like first, you basically have to support the community to adapt to a new platform. And there is another set where like, you know, I, I, in this case, super high, I'm sure like, you know, in that migration, people would have like faced some troubles with the courses or the product itself. Right. So how did you handle that? 
Yeah. Um, it's a great question. I would say a lot of it was just like trying to prepare in advance as much as possible, like anticipate questions that you're going to get responses or you're going to need to answer. Um, and that could be creating documentation around that, like creating some FAQs or a knowledge base around like, uh, for those members who you anticipate are going to need support. Um, and then honestly too, it's just like, sometimes you just have to, you just have to wait and see like what type of answers and, and questions you're going to, or what kind of questions you're going to get and like build mm. stuff around that. Um, like there's a lot of pre-planning you can do, but a lot of times it's just like, okay, we know that this is going to be a pretty busy period of time for our support team and community team. And so like, we also knew that like, okay, during this time, like we're not putting extra things on our plates. Like our main focus at this point is like the transition, the migration and like helping support on that. Um, so we didn't like put a lot of extra effort onto like, okay, now we have to plan a new initiative and now we have to do this and now we have to do that. Like, it's just kind of like you create the space. There's going to be some busy periods of time and, and community and support. And so like, you just kind of like acknowledge that that's happening and, and like, and create the space where the team can focus on that. I love that. Yeah. Basically you have to be ready. <laughs> you don't know, right? Yeah. Like, you know, you're entering into a new territory where you haven't before and you're bringing a bunch of people. So there'll be like a lot of opinions, different, 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 like, you know, uh, things that you've never predicted. So just basically be prepared. I think that's the, that's the, exactly. that's the way to do it. Uh, Max appreciate you for joining today. I love the conversation, you know, uh, I think one thing I really want to highlight in this episode that people should take away is you basically have to encourage more from your community to do the support. If you have, if you make them put skin in the game, I think that's the, that's the best way to like, you know, uh, build a community at the same time, do great customer support because mm -hmm. In a way, it's, it's that togetherness that brings uh, a good aspect of it, right? So I think that's the, the biggest takeaway. And like, you know, I love the, you know, couple of things uh, that you mentioned uh, about like, you know, acknowledging, encouraging your community is really necessary and like preparation uh, and whatnot. So appreciate you, Max. Any closing thoughts? Before yeah, likewise. Uh, no, I mean, this was a lot of fun. Um, I would say for anyone who's interested in, going into support or you know in the community space like yeah if if you can start to encourage and model that behavior for your members it's just going to help the team and everyone in the long run um and it's just the small steps right i think like before worrying about building out these big programs or these big things like just start small and then build off of that um and yeah uh it's exciting stuff for for our space so um i was glad to talk about it Awesome. Yeah. Appreciate you again uh, for dropping, you know, some, some awesome uh, pointers for people to take, take, take away. And that's it folks for this episode, but yeah, stay tuned. We are really like, you know, bringing like community uh, support leaders like Max, to the show and like unpack, explore, find different ways so that you can do great customer support at, you know, involving community in your uh, startup and, you know, company. So yeah, stay tuned and more more episodes to more guests uh, around the pipeline. And I'm excited to like, you know, unpack this new territory, even for me. Uh, 
so i'm, I'm relying on my curiosity uh, appreciate <laughs> you all for tuning in and thanks max again uh, for joining today cheers guys of course cheers <laughs>